Well, good morning, everyone. It's time for us to get started with worship this morning. It sure is, sure is good to be here. Good to see you all. If you would, you bow with me. We'll get started with a word of prayer. God, it truly is good to be here today. Thank you for uh, loving us the way that you do. Thank you for the beautiful weather that you've given us the last few days, dear Lord. Uh, it's just awesome. It's amazing. It's a reminder of the power and beauty that you have. Dear Lord, thank you for this time of the year, time when things are slowing down a little bit, school's back in, uh, the, the air seems a little cooler. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your power and your beauty and your might. And this morning as we gather here and we worship, dear Lord, I pray that we, uh, that we can slow down a little bit, that we can remember your son Jesus as we gather around the table, the, the ultimate price that was paid for us through his body and his blood this morning. And as we sing... Dear Lord, I pray that our words and our music are sweet to your ears. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are the words and the music. You are the song that I sing. You are the melody. You are the harmony. Praise your name I will bring. You are the Lord of Kings, you will be. Amen. We'll have a 
song before our scripture reading and prayer this morning. We will glorify the King of Kings. We will glorify the Lamb. We will glorify the Lord of Lords, who is a great I am. Lord Jehovah reigns in majesty. We will bow before his throne. We will worship him in righteousness. We will worship him alone. He is Lord of heaven, Lord of earth. He is Lord of all who live. He is Lord Matthew 3, verses 1 through 6. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all of Judea and the, world, and the whole region of, of the Jordan. <clears throat> Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Would you pray with me? Lord, we come to you this morning, Lord, and we thank you for, uh, for this day, and we thank you for the beautiful sunshine out there, Lord, um, and we thank you for the opportunity we have uh, to come and gather together as a family, Lord, uh, and with you. We pray that what we do here today, Lord, is pleasing to you, Lord, pray that um, our worship is uplifting, Lord, we pray that, um, Lord, you help us to focus as we commune together, Lord, help us to remember the price that was paid on our behalf, Lord, and the home that you're preparing for us. Lord, we pray that you're with, uh, with whoever's leading the communion this morning. Pray that you be with their heart, Lord. Help them to convey their, their thoughts to us, Lord. I pray that you're with Jamie and give him uh, the words to speak, Lord. Hope that it, uh, it touches someone's heart, Lord, and changes their lives. Lord, we thank you for always providing for us, Lord. We thank you that we are hungry, Lord. We have uh, roofs overhead, Lord. We thank you that... Um, we have comfortable beds to sleep in, Lord. We know that those are our gifts, Lord, that uh, not everyone in the world has those, um, those things given to them. Lord, we thank you for um, the country we live in, Lord. We thank you for uh, 
the ability we have to come and to worship freely, Lord. We, uh, we're just thankful that, that it's peaceful here, Lord, and that we can, um, we can sing to you, Lord, and we can praise your name uh, and not be in fear. Lord, we thank you most of all for Jesus, and we thank you for the price he paid on our behalf. Lord, we thank you for the suffering that he went through um, for us, and Lord, that we could never, never pay that price. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise Jehovah. From the heavens, praise his name. Praise Jehovah in the
Jesse and I went to a wedding yesterday. Sorry, this is like really loud right in my face. Um, so Jesse and I went to a wedding yesterday, and you know I was thinking on the drive home. It was up around Zanesville, so we had about two and a half hours to drive home, and I was just kind of thinking about um, wedding and what you know, kind of what that means. And um, I was thinking about the communion service, and. You know, the, uh, the thing about the marriage, you know, and a lot of times uh, throughout the Bible, our relationship with God is described as that, that marriage um, relationship, you know, uh, that Jesus is the bridegroom and the church is his bride. And being invited into that covenant relationship, you know, we don't think of marriage as a contract in that, you know, 
you have your side, I have my side, and if one side drops off, then the thing's done. You know, we think about um, the relationship being a covenant in that I'm entering into this, and I know that for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, and on the vows go, this is what I'm signing on for, and this is my commitment. This is a covenant relationship. And, you know, I... I um, I don't really enjoy weddings, but I mean, you know, they're fun, whatever. <laughs> but one thing that I do enjoy is when the, when the bride is getting ready to, you know, the doors are getting ready to open up and her dad or whoever is walking her down the aisle, you know, you stand up and everybody turns and looks at her. But one thing that I always enjoy is I always enjoy looking up at the stage or wherever the, the groom is standing. Because I like to see what his face looks like as soon as the doors open up and he sees his bride standing at the back of the church or the back of the field or barn or wherever the venue is that they're getting married. Because I, I look at that and I think, that's it. That's the best reaction that I could think of for seeing, you know, for him seeing his bride at that moment. And the joy, you know, sometimes there's tears, but there's always just this look of, wow, that's my bride about to come down the aisle to get married. And I think about that with Jesus. And I think about that thought of him looking at us and saying, that's my bride. That's what I'm redeeming. That's my, uh, that's my love. And I think what a, what a powerful thought you know, for us to kind of wrap our brain around that, that every time that Jesus looks at us, that that's the thought, is that's my bride. That's what I'm, that's what I'm chasing after. You know, I mean, you think about the husband and wife, um, husband's pursuing his bride, and you think about Christ pursuing us always, always coming after us, always, you know, uh, there for us to support us and to, to love and to lift us up. And that's the whole deal. That's, that's the covenant relationship that we're invited into. And that's what we're thinking about right now. Um, so um, in Jude chapter 1, only chapter, but uh, uh, verse 24, it says, To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. And I just think about that, you know, the, the reason that, that we're able to be presented before God flaw, uh, flawless and perfect in his sight is because of what Jesus has done for us. So as we get to, uh, get to partake of the bread, uh, let's have a prayer. Father, um, God, we just are so thankful for your blessing. Father, we're so thankful for the relationship that you've invited us into. Uh, Father, that we get to be yours. Uh, Father, we get to be uh, perfect in your sight. Uh, Father, we get to be flawless. And um, God, just, uh, just white uh, because of your son. Uh, Father, we get to be um, without blemish. Uh, Father, we get to be just pure uh, because of everything that you have done for us. Uh, Father, because of the sacrifice of your son for, uh, for our, our life. Father, for our sins. Uh, God, and I just pray that, um, 
that as we uh, partake of this communion, Father, that we are um, we're reminded of that sacrifice. Father, we're reminded of uh, the body that was broken, uh, that we can, um, we can be yours. Uh, Father, I just pray that we would, um, we would always strive to walk with you every day. Uh, Father, we would try to stay in step with your spirit. Uh, Father, we would always be looking uh, for the way to draw closer to you. Uh, Father, I just um, thank you now and just pray for this bread in Christ's name. Amen. Let's give thanks for the cup. Father, again, as we, um, as we come to you, God, we're thankful for uh, this cup, which represents your son's blood. Uh, Father, that um, sacrifice that was freely given for us. Uh, Father, we, um, God, we struggle to understand the weight of what, uh, what this represents. Uh, Father, your, uh, your son's uh, blood that washes over us, uh, that cleanses us, that gives us life. Um, Father, that takes away our sins. Uh, Father, but we're, um, we're so thankful for your grace and for your mercy. Uh, Father, we are thankful for, for what this represents to us. Uh, God, that we are brought into your family. Uh, Father, that we are, uh, we are washed clean every day. Uh, Father, and I just pray that we would, uh, we would hold on to that as, as tightly as we can, Father, so we can continue to uh, just strive toward you. God, I pray that we would uh, seek that every day uh, so that we could better appreciate what you've done for us. Uh, Father, the, the great cost of our sin. Uh, Father, the great cost of redeeming us back. Uh, God, so that we can know how valuable we are to you. Father, you have given everything for us. I uh, just pray that, um, that we would give everything back. Uh, Father, we would uh, lift up our lives to you. Father, we would um, just hold nothing back in any area of our life. Father, we would just give it all over to you. Father, I just pray that, um, 
wherever we are this morning, uh, Father, that we would just um, dedicate ourselves uh, to you or back to you, uh, Father, that we would uh, just let this time of communion just be um, be that, Father, just a time with you, a time with each other, uh, Father, we can encourage and we can lift each other up, uh, Father, but um, that most of all we can see you. Uh, Father, just again, thank you for your son, thank you for this sacrifice, in his name, amen. Wonderful Savior. A wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. A wonderful Savior to me. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock, where rivers of pleasure I see. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock, that shadows a dry, thirsty land. Oh, uh-huh. 
trumpets, blessings each moment he crowns, and filled with his fullness divine. I sing in my rapture, O oh, glory to God, for such a Redeemer as mine. He hides my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hides my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand. When clothed in his brightness, transported I rise to meet him in clouds of the sky. His perfect salvation, his wonderful love, I'll shout with the millions on high. He hides my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hides my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand. You are my all in all. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I see. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Taking my sin, my cross, my shame, rising up here, I bless your name. You are my all in off the children's Bible time, and this will be before Jamie's lesson this morning.
Come the fount of every blessing to my heart to sing thy praise. Streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me song, What's up, Jamie? Not much. Glad you asked. Hey, it's good to be with you this morning. It's wonderful to be with you this morning. Um, we're going to be going through, and this is the wrap, all right? So for those of you who are going, would you hurry and get through this John the Baptist thing? Well, today's your day. I mean, as long as we get through this service, then, uh, then hopefully we'll be finished with this John the Baptist message. So um, a couple of quick announcements. Um, I just lost the game, by the way, for those of you who were here last week. That's one. And then a couple more. Never mind, you guys. Let's just move on. So next, next week is our Friends and Family Day. We're going to meet at um, Noble Farms, and we're going to have a blast. Uh, Barry Bovary is going to be with us, and he will, uh, you will enjoy. It will be a wonderful treat for you. He is a super guy and a wonderful sharer of the message of God. He's just a great, great, great guy. So um, be there for that. Lots of good food, lots of good hangout and um, cornhole and such. And uh, that will be really fun. And also in October, our home groups start. And um, this might be the, the plead for homes, for home groups. If you have the heart or if you may get to having the heart here in the next few days, would you just sign up uh, for us to abuse your, uh, use your home for home groups? And we'll spend some great time together, eat most of your food, and then, you know, that'll be over in about four weeks, so it won't be too bad. Is that good, Sean? 
Let's pray together and we'll keep going through the service today. Father, you're good. You're wonderful. And we thank you for the day that you've, you've blessed us with, Father. Um, man, we, we just sung that the neat song. We sung so many wonderful songs this morning. Father, you're our all in all. You are the fount of every blessing. You're good and we love you, God. And thank you for the blessing of being here today. And Father, just looking around this room, there's so many folks that we love, friends and family, and those you've blessed us to be family with. And I just pray, God, that you would encourage us today. Thanks for encouraging us in song. Pray that you would encourage us through your word. And Father, I pray that, that your spirit would do his thing with us today. Father, that every heart here, not, not from me, there's nothing in me that's, that's valuable or worthy at all except you. And God, I pray that you would, through your spirit, move in each of our hearts. Don't let anybody get out of here today without being moved closer to you. You are our every hope, God. You're our only hope, but you are our every hope. So, Father, pray these words. You just set them in our hearts and in our minds, and you just mess with us and encourage us and bless us today. You are holy, and we love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Just a couple of things before we start, a couple of scripture to whet your appetite, if you will. Paul would say, you are not your own, you are bought at a price, at a great price. Therefore, honor God with your body. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Right before that, he says, you know, just to, to allow yourself to be in, in view of God's mercy to do these things. In view of God's mercy, offer yourselves. And so I would say this, while, while, we're assembly, while assembling here is important today, God, looks to, God is looking to make us his church. So he didn't just bring us here just to hang out and have a good social moment. He actually wants to make us his church, his body. He knows if we are or if we're not. He knows if we're players, actors, and those kinds of things, just playing a part. This stuff matters deeply. And the world will be changed by his body. What's your role in all of that? Everything done for self will pass, and everything done for Christ, that's what's going to last. And so I just want to encourage you about who you are, what your call is. The moon and the stars were having a discussion last night. I was able to walk and pray a little bit, and, and the moon was just kind of, the stars were like, hey, moon, you're pretty cool. And I was like, thank you very much. And it was. I mean, I saw it was just boom, shining everywhere. And they're like, you, you're really cool, man. I don't know what this thing is about the sun. It gets all hot and it's violent and all that kind of stuff. And, but the moon, man, it's just is peaceful and calm. It like radiates this peace. And the moon's like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I am pretty cool, I guess. And, 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 and they're bragging on the moon how much light it puts out and how awesome it is. And before long, the moon's like texting the sun. We need to have a talk. He's like, what's up? And the son's like, I don't know how much I need you. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty good myself. And so maybe if you would just back off a little bit, stop trying to get all the praise and glory. I mean, you're all hot and violent anyway. I mean, you burn people's skin. You hurt people's eyes. Burn holes in their retinas and eclipses and stuff like that. Just chill a little bit, will you? And the son's like, okay, what's that going to look like? And so then, you know, a couple of days, the sun don't hit the moon. And you know what this moon looks like when the sun's not hitting it? You know what a reflector looks like when it's not reflecting any light? It's just a dark piece of plastic or whatever it is. 
pull up night sky on your phone and, and look around the sky at all the different planets and stars and stuff, and it's hard to spot the moon if the sun's not on it. No, nah, I know it's just an app, because it's just this dark, nothing blob in the sky. It almost absorbs dark because it, it's a reflector, right? The moon had a second thought. It's like, you know, <laughs> maybe I gave in to everyone around me. There's really not anything special about me at all unless you're shining on me. All those stars that seemed to be interested in all I was kind of had nothing to do with me. I just didn't stand out anymore. And, and, and there's a reminder in this really, really bad anecdote. There's a chance that maybe everything special about you while we struggle with peers, while we struggle with society and everything else, maybe the very thing that's so special about you, though you battle with it all, and maybe you feel like you're having no impact whatsoever in the world today. Maybe the, the very little bit that God is working in you is the very thing that's making anybody desire you as a friend. Maybe it's the only thing causing anyone to hang on to you as a person in their lives because that little tiny bit of hope that God might use you, maybe you're just a crescent moon. <laughs> maybe you're, I don't even want to get into that. I don't know all those moon phases. They're just pretty cool. But the deal for us is this. If you've given your life to God, you've given yourself over to shine for him. Jesus died on the cross for you, and the story has always been this, life for life. It's always been life for life. The difference is you get to live in all his power, all his glory, all his might. You don't have to die yourself for the dead life that you lived. So he gives his life to you, and he says life for life. I die for you, you live for me. And that's the story, and that's a beautiful story of John the Baptist. Do we all get over that moon story? We okay now? We back to normal? All right. Uh, there really wasn't a discussion. I didn't hear the moon talking to the stars. I didn't hear the stars talking to the moon. I just made the whole thing up, okay? I'm, when I go back here and walk and pray and stuff, I don't hear nothing. <laughs> not, not, not that weird, Okay. So the story of John the Baptist, we love this story. I love this story. John is in prison is where the story starts today. There's reasons he's in prison. We'll get to them in a bit. But he's in prison and he's all by himself and things are not going well. And he's wrestling with his thoughts. He's wrestling with his heart. He's wrestling with Jesus and who he is, what's happening, what's going on in the outside world. Like if you were in prison, you would wrestle with it. those kinds of things. Family, friends, people, what's going on? Am I going to ever get a golf again? Those kinds of things. You know, like what's happening here right now and why am I here? And so he's been in prison for over a year. Now he's been here for a while, not quite two years, but well over a year. John has been in prison for a while. Josephus and other secular, you can find these stories out. After he, he said, this is after he said, Jesus must become greater. Like he's in prison after he did some good things. This is what we need to hear. It was it, it, after John's humility, his, his desire to honor God, he says, you know, after me comes one whose sandals I'm not worthy to tie. After he be says he be must become greater, I must become less. After he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. All these things, John is in prison. And, and, and he sends his disciples to Jesus because he's concerned. And when he goes to Jesus, they, when they go to Jesus, they ask him, you know, John wants to know, are you the one we're supposed to be watching for? 
Are you the one? Like, like he's been talking about you forever. There's not been much interaction between the two of you. And so John's like, I don't know if this, this is the Jesus or not. And John's like, well, okay then. I'll give you a little something to go back to John with. And then while they're in his viewing, he heals the sick. He casts out demons. He makes blind people see. He does all these miracles. And they're just watching Jesus be Jesus. See, John, though we love John, is not Jesus. John is just John. He's just a guy. I know a guy. I know a guy who knows Jesus, and he's going to tell you all about him. That's John. He's just a guy. So John does those things, or Jesus does these things, and then he tells John this. He sends a message to John. The blind receive their sight. This is what he says. Go tell John. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. All who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor hear the good news. All of these, so important. Blind receive sight. Lame walk. All who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The poor hear the good news. All of these are make it, will make John go, hmm. That's a big deal. At every point, Jesus has covered it all. And then he says this, Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. In other words, just, just hold on, man. Okay, I'm getting there. I, I know this might not look like what you thought it would look like. Hence the pre, you know, you gave your life to Jesus. <laughs> It doesn't always look like you thought it would look like. It doesn't always fall out, fall out like you thought it would fall out. It doesn't always go the way you thought it would go. Not because he's not blessing you, but we just have this mentality. So my, my life, I want my life to be the way I want it to be, and I want Jesus to make it that way. And Jesus is like, listen, John, some say he's saying, I'm not going to rescue you. Some say he's just saying, hey, it's me. Just don't worry about it. Everything's under control. Whatever the story, Jesus clearly sends a message to John, don't fall apart because I'm not who you might have thought I was specifically. I am exactly who you thought I was. I'm going to save the whole world. And then he goes on to say this. Jesus says this as the disciples run off to tell John, truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. He is everything. Every man that's ever born, John's the guy. Yet, whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Pressing on into the fact, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. All these kinds of things. Humble yourself before the Lord. He will lift you up. Meaning you, like, like John the Baptist, like I'm God looking at me saying, yeah. Yeah, he's looking at you. He's looking at me. He's pressing into us. Who are you? What's your life shaking out like? And then John is beheaded. And that's what the scripture says. At times there's not a whole lot. We're going to get to it in a moment. Just, you know, John literally loses his head. Paul's here for just a moment. So, so Jesus, you know, at, the, at, the, at the John losing his head, as John loses his life, Jesus' ministry is ramping up. And it's not going well with Herod that John has lost his life and so he starts to become very perplexed like Jesus is doing the things that Jesus does Jesus is healing people loving people serving people and the story started to go out everywhere and now Herod I said John now Herod is very perplexed he liked hearing John and so so he begins to be conflicted 
And Herod wants to see Jesus now because he thinks Jesus is John raised from the dead. You follow me so far? John is living his life. John is preaching and teaching. John is doing all of this work. Herod struggles with John because of something John does we're going to get to in just a moment. John's in prison. Herod offs his head and he dies. Herod did not want to kill John. He really didn't want to kill John. Just give me another 10 seconds, 15 seconds. And so he's very convicted in himself, very conflicted in himself. And so when someone starts saying that this Jesus is doing great things, it's just in Herod's head. Wow. John has been raised from the dead. It's haunting him. He can't get away from it. And, and, and here's why. Here's the story. The rest of the story, the fullness of the story. Herod Antipas who was the Herod in this story, is the son of King Herod, the Herod the Great, right? He has all, his sons are all named Herod something, and this is Herod Antipas. Herod Antipas goes to Rome to hang out with, well, to be in Rome, but while he's there, he hangs out with his brother Philip. While he's hanging out with his brother Philip, he decides, hey, Philip's wife Herodias, well, you know, <laughs> And he seduces her, and he takes her from his brother, Herod Philip, and they marry. And not to mention, she's also his niece, so it's really weird, you know? So, so, so this is the story. John the Baptist has then calls Herod on the carpet about what he's done. He's done a lot of abusive things anyway to the people, and so John's always been in his ear, not publicly being ugly, but one-on-one, like seriously, you need to do something about this. And so he takes his brother's wife, like they marry. And he's like, this is not right. You should not do this. And, and, and so Herodias begins to have a problem. John puts Herod in prison. Herod puts John in prison. Herod puts John in prison. Herod's the king. John's the Baptist guy. Herod puts John in prison. And many scholars think it was to protect him because Herodias is really upset now. Herodias doesn't like what's going on, and she is way stronger than Herod Antipas. And so Herod throws a big party. All his friends are around. They're all getting drunk and doing those kinds of things. By the way, the Herods are vile, disgusting, bad people, all of them. They're all very, very you know, full of that kind of life. They, they, weren't, they, weren't, they weren't, had no intent to honor God. But in prison, Herod really liked hearing John. There's, there's, there's record that he would go visit, just listen to him talk, but he, but he just couldn't get over that hump. He just couldn't move to, 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 to stop doing it. What are we going to do with you, John? I mean, if I take you out, my wife's going to kill you. Also, you keep preaching against us, and I can't have that either. And so he has this party, and, um, and Salome, who is, or Salome, Salome, how, how you Herodias is Salome's mom, and so she has Salome go dance for Herod, and she dances this dance that's one of those dances, very provocative, in such a way that Herod the king says in his drunken state, I'm so pleased with her, he says, I'll give you anything you want up to half my kingdom. That's some dancing right there. That's like that, you know, $500 cookie you know it's like a couple of weeks ago who who you know that's a special cookie that's some kind of dance give you anything you want up to half my kingdom 
So she's like, I don't know what to ask for. I've never been in this spa before. So she hustled back to her mom, and her mom's like, oh, this is perfect. Give me the head of John the Baptist on a platter. See, he's going to settle all of her problems, right? So John's life is taken for the sake of a dance. Isn't that weird? Aren't we more than that? John's life is taken for the sake of a dance. John, Herod, Herodias, and Salome, what a horrible soap opera of a mess. John the Baptist, just doing what's, what, what would you do? You had a friend struggling. You talked to him. You got somebody uh, abusing the king. There's abuse of power. What do you, well, you go talk to them. You try to make this right. What can we do about this? No, we're not having this anymore. And so John the Baptist is killed. Off with his head because he's doing what's right. There's a proper way to respond to conviction or someone caring enough to talk to you about what you're doing when you're like going to set your life on fire. Having their heads cut off is not the way to do it. Okay, just for future reference. Do not kill anybody. Do not hurt people. Do not publicly malign people. Go talk to your people when they struggle. So John's dead. Jesus gets word. The disciples are all coming in because he'd sent them out to preach and teach. The disciples all come in. They're like, hey, we did this, we did this, we did this, we did this. We, you couldn't believe all the things. Jesus, it was so awesome. He gets word, and he's like, kind of like, ah, oh, wow, John. And so he's like, let's just pull away. Let's go get some rest. Isn't that cool? Come with me by yourself to a quiet place. Let's get some rest. But the crowds followed Jesus, and so even in his heartbroken state, what's he do? He just keeps serving people. That's when he feeds the 5,000, right after he got this news of John the Baptist. Not because he doesn't care, because he totally cares. And this is exactly why John gave up his life. Let's move to the character of characters at play in John's death. The character of the characters at play in John's death. This is important. We'll step on the gas a bit. John was killed because he was honorable. Make no mistakes about it. John was an honorable man. John was a very honorable man, and being honorable cost him his life. He could have just shut up. He could have just said, I'm not going to shine for Jesus on the moon, and I don't care about you, old son. But he didn't do that. He knew the story, how the story's supposed to go, how it's supposed to work. And so John continued to shine even into the story as it's going to cost him his life. I'm going to keep shining. I'm going to keep doing. I'm going to keep being that city on a hill. I'm going to keep being a light of the world. Why? Because Jesus is so great, I can't not shine. Now listen, John's not angry at the world. Here's where I got to get this a little better. John's not angry at the world. John doesn't hate the world. John isn't taking the, the world's sin personally. He's taking Jesus personally. So he's taking Jesus very personally. And Jesus says, I'm the light that's going to bring life to the world, meaning all this darkness that Herod's bringing, like even Herod could have salvation. That's why John won't shut up. It's not because he wanted him dead. It's not because he wanted him washed out. He wanted him saved. He wanted society to be healthy. So if Herod's saved, we all have greater hope. So he's honorable, right? Because he valued God and godliness over his own life. Listen, Herod, John, John is dead. 
because he valued God's desire, God's want, God's all, and godliness over his own life. This is, this is a way bigger deal than me. This story about salvation for the world, this story about standing out and being weird in a, in a, in a society that's all broken and struggling, I'll take it. I'll be weird. I'll be odd. That's what he's saying. I'll, and if it's going to cost me my life, it costs me my life. I don't know who said this. I know that um, Edmund Burke probably didn't say it. The only thing necessary for, for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. You've heard this before. I've heard it attributed to so many people. If someone says it's good, just say Jamie said it this morning and just go on. I'm kidding. Do not say that. The only thing necessary for, for, for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And John was not that guy. John was not going to do nothing because no one wins if John isn't, is quiet. He died because he challenged Herod for having Herodias, his brother's wife, as his wife or his niece as his wife, or whatever the story. But John died for a lot of reasons, man. He stepped into the story. He also died. He was killed because Herod was weak and insecure and perverted. He died because Herod was weak and insecure and perverted. And in society, man, in a society like this, like he's struggling with, anybody was going to control him. It just happened to be his wife Herodias. She was evil, manipulative, self-serving, and vengeful, and, and evil. Evil, manipulative, self-serving, and vengeful, and evil. She's just evil, and evil, and bad. And that's all she wants. She was just going to do her own thing. She's going to make it work her own way. And, and her husband, all he was was a puppet in the way to getting her way. The character behind the characters of John's death. John Honorable. Herod, weak and shameful. Herodias, manipulative, resentful, ugly, evil, evil. That's who she was. How is the character of characters on display today? How does the character of those characters, how is it on display in us today? That's an interesting question. Because there's only a couple of people in the story so you only, we can only, like, grab a handful, right? I mean, we could be, we can think about John the Baptist. We can think about Herodias. We can think about Herod, Antipas. We could even think about Salome. You know, who are, how are the characters of those folks on display today? You can say in society, you can say in your life, you can say in my life, we can say wherever. But how is the character of the fo- these folks on display today? And so just back to the beginning. We ask, how is the honor of John the Baptist displayed in Christians today? How does this character, how does this play out? Like when, when, when we come together today and we're doing what we do, when we say what we say, we sing how we sing, we go to wherever afterwards, we go have lunch, we go back with family, we go to work tomorrow, we go to school tomorrow, or we don't. But how is the character of John the Baptist on display in your life, in their life every day? How does this work out? He valued God over his own life. What would that look like in your life today? Just some, some wrestling questions. 
Do you think God even cares about that? Like sitting in my pew, sitting in my seat, getting in my car today, do I think God even cares about whose character? Because truthfully, I mean, you think about this. You have John the Baptist, you have Herod, you have Herodias, and you have Salome. And pretty much every heart is somewhere in those places, right? I mean, battle somewhere in those places. We're there in the, in the wrestle to honor God. We're really confused and don't know who we are like Herod, where we just so many of us sit so often in society. It's like, I don't know who I am. Am I them? Am I them? Do I do this or do I do that? I don't really know who I am. I want to honor God. I really like hearing preaching. And then I really like going, oh, wait, wait, Herodias. That's right. Oh, oh, Salome. You know, I mean, it's like, who are you? How does this work for you? How's the character of characters on display in, in your life today, our life today. John went to Herod to have a difficult, difficult combo. Sometimes we have to be there, right? How's that going to play out? If you're the talkie or you're the hearer, how's that play out? Well, John went in a way that should totally be, totally be received, and we know how that went. Two more. Herod was very weak and secure and easily manipulated man. We, didn't, we need to know who we are. I already hit that one. I just didn't hit it in order. We need to know who we are. You need, it is so important in society, man, when we, in, in, the, in the church, when we watch this story unfold. We wonder what our role is, how we're called to be, who we're called to be. It's important that we know who we are. It's a weird thing that Jesus would say something like, I'd rather you be John the Baptist or I'd rather you be Herodias. Because if you're Herod or Salome, it just lukewarm. I'd rather just spit you out of my mouth. That's weird. So we need to know who we are. We need to know what the story is about, how it unfolds. And the last one, I think this, is, this need, deserves way more play than we're going to give it today. Because, because Herodias was evil. John died because Herodias was evil, manipulative, self-serving, vengeful, and evil. She was just bad. But take away the evil part. Let's just go with the manipulative, self-serving, and vengeful. Man, I know a lot of folks that I don't think are evil. That live in a evil or live in a manipulative, self-serving, and vengeful state. A lot of Christians, in fact, those three things, if you talk to the average person in the world today, they might give you those three qualities as why they struggle going to church anymore. It's all about themselves. Does anybody really honestly do anything anymore? You know how weary it is, and maybe I'm this guy, to never be able to trust someone for what they're really feeling or doing because... I don't, I don't, are you, are you being honest with me or are you just manipulating me to get your way? Are you just trying to, you, do you just want this to turn out right? And so you're using the guise of a godly man or a godly woman. You're using the guise of someone who's a Christian so that I'll just do what you want me to do. And really it has nothing to do with Christianity, the church or anything else. You just want what you want, right? This is, this cost John his life. I mean, Herod knew he was in a, in the, in, in, in the press, He's like, John does not deserve it. I'm trying to protect him. Herodias wants to kill him. 
I know she's manipulative. I know she's vengeful. I know she's, I got to keep them apart. And enter Salome. Do not think if you harbor bitterness, evil, manipulation, if you do those kinds of things, do not think it won't catch up with you because it will. It does. Man, Satan does his little dance. And then you end up with, you know, so many churches, so many families, so many friendships, so many people for the sake of just those kinds of things. Give it up. If you're here today and you battle in any way with these things, I know these are difficult. Who here is going to just go kill somebody, right? But there's so many characters, there's so many character of these characters is on display so often in our lives. John the Baptist is the one we're called to be more like, a, a, a voice crying in the wilderness, a light shining in the darkness, someone wrestling with God in the stillness. Those other folks, man, we got to die to those kinds of things and let God win out. But if you're here today and you're struggling in any way with any of this, our elders will come up here with you. If you come forward, they'll pray with you. They'll encourage you. They'll do whatever you need and say we're on the way in this story as well. If you've not given your life to Jesus, the story goes like we've said already. He gave his life for you. Everything he did was for your salvation. Everything he did was to take the pain you were called to take so that you would not have to take it. And so in your immersion and your rising to new life, we could live for him. If you want to do that today, one of our elders will help you with that as well. Whatever you desire, why don't you come as we stand and sing. My only hope is you, Jesus, my only hope is you. talked about two of our big events uh, noble family farm next week um, you want to make sure and bring your lawn chairs uh, so you'll have something to sit in and desserts bring lots of apple pies and cherry pies and just all kinds of desserts that that wagon's pretty popular with those desserts and we'll begin at 10 a.m. just like we do uh, every Sunday morning and something that's not in the bulletin yet, uh, 
October 21st at 5 p.m., uh, Dresback Farm is opening up their, uh, their, their farm to us. Uh, there's going to be hay rides and all those kind of things going on, so uh, you can see Jared or Stephanie for, uh, for all the details. Okay. This is the last week for the directory. Garris told me this morning, I said, we've been saying that every week for I don't know how long. He said, I know, but this is really the last week. So I noticed he, he took some pictures here this morning. If you need help getting any of that done, just see Garris and he'll help you get that done. Uh, Emily Cram was Crown River Day's queen this, uh, this year, so we want to congratulate her. And I have a... Uh, Congratulations to Steve and Jill. That's a great feeling, isn't it? Those little babies, little grandbabies, just a, just a great feeling. New grandson born August the 30th, uh, Walker Stephen White, uh, born to Aaron and Jenny Williams White. So uh, we want to congratulate that family. Uh, the September item for uh, the uh, children's home is canned vegetables for Midwestern, and you can just drop that off back there in the... Uh, in the Welcome Center. Uh, Round Lake Men's Retreat is September 22nd and 23rd. You can see Jamie for more information. And of course, we've already announced our home groups are beginning in October. And I have a card here from uh, Cheryl Villinger, from Mike and Cheryl Villinger. It says, hello, sunshine. We love and miss you all. We're so thankful for our family there in Menford. <clears throat> how you love us, how you have kept uh, Mark lifted in prayer, it blesses us both so much. Thank you for his shirt. It was great. He has won it, worn it several times for treatment days. It warms our hearts. Prayers work. Mark is now halfway through his treatments. His side effects are all manageable. He is now having more good days than bad. Praise the Lord. He has been able to go back to work teaching, but he, he retired from coaching. God is so good all the time. The Lord's church is such a blessing. We are so thankful for having you all in our lives. Love, Cheryl and Mark. So uh, we want to continue to remember uh, Mark in our prayers as he's just halfway through his treatments. Did I miss anything? Okay, I wanted to read from, uh, I wanted to read from John chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and pre prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Let's all bow. Father, we just thank you again for this day, for the beauty of this day. We thank you, Father, for the chance to come here and to worship together. We thank you, Father, for your son, Jesus, who gave his life for us, Father. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your angels. Thank you for your word and for your church where we can have fellowship with one another. Father, we pray your blessing on these upcoming events. Uh, if time stands, Father, that we could have good weather next Sunday and uh, we can have a great turnout, a great crowd. We're praying for those, Father, here that are suffering uh, in any way that they have not made known, Father, that you would send comfort and peace to their lives. Thank you for the new baby. Thank you for all the new babies, Father, and bless those ladies that are still pregnant that are uh, going to deliver soon. 
We love you, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My life's in you, my strength's in you.